so this book is really about, you know, for anybody, whether you're, you're a mom or a dad, right. But specifically for dads in this book is that yeah. it's, it's not always man those, those, those big momentous moments in your kid's life, right. Like, you know, the, you know, going to school for the first time, right. Or riding a bike for the first time. It's all those small moments that we need to make sure that we recognize and, and capture with our kids. Mm. You know, like, you know, just a simple, something simple as, you know, just kind of going on a walk, right. Or, you know, picking up, you know, picking up your daughter from daycare, right? right. And, your, and your daughter's just in the backseat, just, you know, blah, 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 just, just talking, right? Just yep. talking, just, you know, whatever. And that interaction you have, you know, not looking at each other, but just kind of talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Those are, those are kind of small moments that we don't often recognize or we don't see as, as very important moments. Well, no, those are, those are huge moments. Hey, what's going on? This episode is sponsored by Lamar Hill. He's the founder of Four Elements Therapy. He's also the author of a brand new book called Are You My Daddy? Which you can pick up on Amazon.com today. Look, this book is aimed at lifting up all fathers through diversity and grace. It's not necessarily the big moments in our children's lives that define us as fathers and make the greatest impact. Rather, all the small, unnoticed moments in between that build the strongest foundation with our kids. In this book, he wants to capture the importance of those smaller moments, however we can relate to them. Read it with your children and families or even alone and allow yourself grace as a father and recognize it is our privilege and honor to be dads. Make sure you pick up Are You My Daddy today on Amazon.com. Lamar, you're a father, mental health consultant, founder of Four Elements Therapy. You're also an author and much, much more, man. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. I'd love to go back to the beginning with my guests. And you were born into some serious trauma. You were raised in a foster care since age three. But where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you, man? Oh, man. Childhood, you know, from that from that birth to, to age three, three to four, um, you know, kind of grew up, um, you know, I had a, didn't know my father. My father was a military Air Force guy. Never, never knew him. Maybe have they you know, kind of snapshot images of who he was, but, uh, never, never knew him. Um, my mom, uh, Native American, um, you know, really kind of struggled with, you know, substance abuse and mental illness and, and, you know, ultimately ended up taking her own life, um, which is kind of how we ended up in foster care. So, mm. yeah, Man. so that's kind of what it was for the first, you know, a couple of years of my life was, was just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of life, um, that was reflective of somebody who just kind of really struggled with a lot of issues and so a lot of trauma a lot of a lot of things that I can remember that um, um, as far as kind of stamp memories um, that weren't that weren't very positive positive memories sure that's that's kind of like how I started out um, my life and so but fortunately I, I got into foster care got into a remarkable family who you know and parents and of course still my parents today so come on you know, so I got, uh, I was very fortunate to, to be able to not be kind of recycled in and out of the foster care system. So I had a good family um, that provided some stability um, and then kind of some of the other things that I struggled with later on in my teens and in 20s and, you know, part of my 30s were just, you know, things that uh, could have been a lot worse if I didn't have, you know, that, that support and love from my family. So, yeah. Wow, man. 
Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that I think they, they grow up in and then they tend to stay in this generational cycle. And you obviously had this awesome family that kind of raised you out of that. But for those that feel like their life is what it is, uh, but they know that they're called to do more to make a bigger impact, but they, they're not sure how, what things can they do mentally to break the cycle to get away from that? Uh, I think one of the things is, is, is kind of looking at your situation, right? And, and again, um, you know, it's easier for me maybe than, than to a lot of people to say, hey, you know, well, um, I, I had this kind of this, you know, rocky foundation right away, but then, you know, kind of it, it got really shored up and solidified with my parents. And so it's really easy to say, hey, these are things you can do, right? When you have the resources to, to support that. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, is kind of recognition and being able to talk about kind of the things that you struggle with, right? And um, recognizing right? Like, you know, where, where, where are the areas that I struggle in life and, and how do those impact, um, you know, what I'm doing and, and if I'm kind of just cycling through, um, you know, am I able to recognize what's happening and then am I able to kind of work myself out of, you know, that cycle. And so that's, that's you know, recognition is for a lot of things, right? Recognition is half of the, half of that, right? And so, Absolutely agree, man. I, and I came from the crazy broken home as well. And, and it wasn't until I sat down with a counselor and started to recognize all those things that I was going through that was in my life that I was like, Oh, all right, now it's time to stop that cycle, right? Yeah. You know, yep. patterns, you know, Yep. One of the things that I was intrigued by on your website is you mentioned that you have a perspective of both macro and microsystems theory. Yeah. What is macro microsystems theory? So basically, the systems theory is, is, is essentially, you know, Yuri, you know, Rothenbrenner, right, is, is basically stating that we are all a part of, you know, a bigger operating system, right? And so we're not, we don't operate in a vacuum, and we don't operate just kind of in these silos, right? That, you know, whether we're in a family, right, there's, there's a family systems theory, right? Like, we're, we're a part of, you know, an operating system, and, and um from the macro to you know the communities in which we live right to the states in which we live right it, it's how are these systems how are these um entities of, of support or you know whether it's a school um therapy what you know any kind of you know um world that we kind of operate in it has an impact on us and so what we do kind of ripples through other systems right and it has an effect on the system as well as what happens with the system, right? So you think about what's happened with um, the pandemic, right? And, 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 and what that did to our unemployment program, yeah. right? Yeah. What, we did to, what it did to our unemployment program in terms of, you know, it was a system that seems to, you know, be a struggling system, right? And then now you've got all these furloughed, you know, in, in employers and in furloughed employees who are trying to access now how do we live right when everything's basically shut down right and so now you have this influx in demand on a system that's already struggling to 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 provide consistent support right mm -hmm. now we have a system that can't necessarily shoulder the influx of need right and so now you have that kind of a, um, a dynamic that kind of goes and, and kind of ripples into individuals Right. Gotcha. And now, how do I function? Right. Like, I'm still waiting to hear back from unemployment about, you know, what can I expect? Where's my application? Right. And so, you had a lot of people and friends included who, you know, really were impacted by the pandemic and that systems theory. Right. Like, mm -hmm. it kind of has a rippling effect. It's like when you throw a pebble into a, to a lake or a body of water, right? Things kind of ripple out. 
right? And so, yeah. um, and that can happen reverse-wise too. I mean, we can have something happen to a system and have that ripple in and affect people individually. And so, right. so that's kind of what I like to do. That's kind of the, you know, kind of the brain that I feel like I, that I carry is, is, you know, one is being able to understand kind of the macro system, what's going on with you individually, right? And how does that impact and how do your immediate surroundings impact you, right? All the way to the bigger system, right? So, you know, poverty, right? How does poverty um, kind of maintain, you know, the struggles in which, you, you know, you, you, you exist in, right? And so um, it kind of goes into that, you know, once you kind of get, get into poverty, it's hard to get out because the system struggles, you know, to right. provide, you know, blanket support and, and, and individual kind of individualized kind of support to people, right? And so um, that's kind of what I like to look at and help people kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a good thing to help people look at the larger systems, right? right. And, and realize that, hey, you know, some of your struggles that you're having, you know, isn't necessarily just unique to you, right? This is, this is kind of a systems issue, right? And so now how do we help you look at that in terms of, hey, that's not necessarily something that I bring to the table. It's just me having to react to and try to survive within, you know, systems that aren't necessarily fluid. Right. Wow. So that can be a nice way of kind of helping people, you know, kind of maintain or gain some perspective on, hey, you know, it's not just you and, and, and you know, it's not because you have an inability to, to function, right, or, or do some of these things, although that may be part of it. It's, man, you, you, you're kind of, you're trying to live and operate and function within, within the system that is, is a little bit wobbly. Sure. Yeah. So, um, man. And with, with your clients, you do something called motivational interviewing, uh, which is a directive client-centered counseling style for eliciting behavioral change. Uh, what types of things do you walk people through in this style? Um, just really trying to, you know, kind of hold and validate kind of their experiences, their values and their beliefs, kind of where they're at, right? There's, there's a story, right? Yeah. Everybody's got a story that we need to validate and we need to make sure that we understand and listen, right? Um, but again, folks can get really stuck into that narrative of their life and their experiences and their lived experiences, right? And so the motivational interviewing piece is, okay, how do we, how do we hold this, your, your, your existence and your experiences with now, how do we help you envision and kind of embody, you know, a different direction, you know, a, a life that, you know, that's, that's much more aligned with what you want or what you kind of envision for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, we, you know, again, and as therapists, I think we can kind of get lost, you know, within our clients at times with all of the history, right. Cause they want to talk about it. Right? Let's, let's go back and we have, well, I don't know necessarily know if we need to rehash everything but we can start identifying patterns yes mm -hmm. right yeah so we can so then so then we can start looking at hey we don't have to necessarily process this particular situation because this is a pattern right and so then then we don't have to get lost in you know really processing every specific situation right yeah again it's recognition okay so if we know what the pattern is if we know kind of what are the similarities now we can start prepping and planning for now how are we going to make changes, right? Now what are we going to do differently? Right. Wow. And so you, you really got to kind of hold that with, you know, okay, so let's now let's, you know, let's let's flip over and start thinking about, you know, how are we, you know, what, what are things that we can control and, and, and how can we begin to, to kind of put some plans into place to, um, to, for you to really capitalize on those things. And then hopefully slowly but surely 
you know, they start changing the narrative, right? Yep. Story, right. Now the narrative starts becoming more about success. Right. Love that. So, Love that. Is, is there a common theme that you see from clients that come to see you? Like what's that common struggle that you're able to help folks with? Just, just overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, again, especially with the, you know, the political climate of the last, you know, really the last five years, right? And then sure. you add the pandemic on, and then you add the real, the reemergence, so to speak, of the pandemic, right? Yep. Man. People, people are just, you know, kind of deer in the headlights, right? They, yeah. They don't know what's coming next, right? They don't know, you know, you got some people who are just like, well, wait, you know, I'm just not going to do anything because I want things to go back to normal, right? Well, right. Listen, you know, you can, you know, you can wait for a long time, right? Because for a fact, you should know that things probably won't go back to normal. Right. Right. And do you want things to go back to normal? Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is kind of a nice time, I think. And even though, you know, people are really kind of um, trying to figure out and navigate through and hold on to kind of what's happening, right? This is also a time to say, hey, now's the time where we can really start making some changes, right? Not only just individually, but on systems level, right? Now we can really start evaluating our programs and say, hey, you know, if, if there's any a chance, if there's any a time to, to really start changing and looking at our programs, now's the time. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of what I see a lot of is just, it's just people just like, man, I don't know what just happened, right? Yeah. Like the last four years, we blinked it. Last four or five years, right? And we got the last two years of the COVID. And so people are just like, you know, just kind of spinning. Their heads are spinning. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of the biggest thing that I that I see more recently and currently is just, you know, you know, people just struggling um, and not knowing what's coming next or, right. you know, or, or um, you know, we got the mask stuff going on. And so people are, you know, a little bit, maybe a lot more um, aligned with people who kind of look and sound and think like them. Sure. Right. So now I feel like we've kind of gotten into this. Now we're kind of, we're kind of segregating. Yep. You know, into, into yep. groups. Right. And it's because of fear and right? we don't know what's going to happen. So we're going to segregate to like-minded people, right. People who look like us, right. People who think like us, right. Which then really exacerbates anxiety. Mm. right yes because i can't see your face you know i can't see you right and the mask is an indicator that you know we got to keep distance right? Right. Rather, than, rather than coming together right you guys keep our distance and so um it's it uh it's it's a it's a trying time but also an interesting time kind of clinically and therapeutically right now so. for sure man it's so good though like i mean and, and that's so true all that stuff you just mentioned you know, and, and the segregation, all of that stuff is just crazy and people definitely struggling and just feeling lost, man. I wanted to kind of transition here a little bit though, because you've got this awesome new book that just dropped. Uh, it's called, Are You My Daddy? And what I've seen from it on Amazon, it looks amazing. What was the motivation behind writing this book? And, and for those who don't know, what's, what's this book about? So the, the motivation of writing this book actually just came just by chance. Um, I was visiting uh, one of my best friends and he's He's got four young kids, you know, all back to back to back to back. And, you know, and, and three out of the four, you know, have some neurological disabilities. You know, some of them have some developmental, you know, kind of milestone issues, right? So three out of his four kiddos, you know, kind of have some special needs. And, and he's a single dad, you know, just kind of more recently divorced. And 
um, you know, him and I have, you know, talked a lot, of, you know, a lot. He's called me a lot and, and, and kind of wanted to know and kind of pick my brain on situations with his kids. And, and um, so we, we've had a lot of contact and, um, you know, I provide a lot of support and he provides me with a lot of support. And so um, last October, I went down and visited him in, in Wisconsin and we were just kind of sitting around and he had some neighbors and his neighbors were telling a story about this big guy because he, you know, he used to be this offensive lineman. And so this big guy walking across the street holding his container of goods and he's got four of his kids kind of trailing him, right? And, and you know, you kind of see this big offensive line. He's not that big anymore, but, right. you know, you got these four little kids that are like, you know, probably six and under, right? And just, you know, trailing along the dad walking across the street. And so we were kind of laughing about that. And I just said, you know, this, that, that would be a book. You know, that would be a good idea for a book. And so um came home and it just kind of stuck with me and and I talked to him a little bit about it and said hey I kind of really have this idea of this book um initially the book was going to be completely about him and his kids and the likeness of him and his kids but then it kind of evolved as I was kind of in my kind of creation mode of it um mm -hmm. to to really start reflecting all of that right and, and, and what it means to be a dad and just because um, one, I think dads often don't get a lot of recognition. Um, sure. And in some pockets, you know, some, some dads you know, maybe aren't as deserving, right, of, of that. But I mean, that's kind of a judgment thing, right? But, mm -hmm. um, but for every one of those dads, I know there's, there's equally more dads, you know, that are doing the best they can, you know, and, and, yep. and really trying to, to be there for their kids, right? And, and um, so this book is really about, you know, for anybody, whether you're you're a mom or a dad, right? But specifically for dads in this book, is that yeah. it's it's not always man those 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 big momentous moments in your kids' life, right? Like you know the, you know going to school for the first time, right? Or riding a bike for the first time. It's all those small moments that we need to make sure that we recognize and, and capture with our kids. Mm. You know, like you know just a simple something simple as you know just kind of going on a walk, right? Or you know, picking up, you know, picking up your daughter from daycare, right? right. And, your, and your daughter's just in the backseat, just, you know, just, just talking, right? Just yep. talking, just, you know, whatever. And that interaction you have, you know, not looking at each other, but just kind of talking to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Those are, those are kind of small moments that we don't often recognize, or we don't see as, as very important moments. Well, no, those are, those are huge moments. Yeah. And so... Uh but yeah, so that's, that was, you know, so that's kind of how the book evolved into the book doesn't read beginning, middle and end of the story. Sure. Yeah. Each page is a reflection of different kind of cultures, different dynamics, different parts of the, the region, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of which we live. Right. So there's a, there's an agricultural farming scene in there that is reflective of North Dakota. Right? I mean, we, you know, we, we do these things and, and and dads as farmers you know, spend many, many, many late nights harvesting and planting and, and then don't get to see that much of their kids during those times, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's a scene where, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a child sitting with his dad in, in, the, in the combine and the sun's going down, right? And mm -hmm. the dad's talking like, you know, hey, it's my honor to, to be able to provide, you know, for my family and for, for people. Right. And, and I'm honored to be your dad to kind of show you these things, right? And to talk to you about these things. Why do I do what we do? You know? yes. So um, so that's kind of what it's 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 been about. It's about 
honoring fathers, honoring my, you know, one of my best friends, um, and, and honoring all my friends who are fathers, you know, and, and um, but also then to, to have people be able to kind of reflect on each particular page, right, and say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, yeah, I remember this, right, and, and you know, I, you know, and, and as for a dad, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I, I do remember that time that I, you know, that, um, that I dropped off my son to, to mom's house or whatever, right, and, and, and remember feeling that, that gut punch, right, mm. like, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna miss my child, right, and so, um, I think it's just kind of a nice way to, to let people know too that, hey, as fathers, hey, you know, we do have feelings, right? And, and we do hurt, yeah. right? And we do get sad, right? And we do miss our kids, right? And, um, you know, we do have a fear of not being able to um, have all the answers or know what to do all the time, right? And so I guess that's, that's really what it's about. Yeah. And so. That's amazing. My kids are 11 and eight, and I definitely have those moments where, you know, I had to travel for work and miss my son's baseball games. And I was, that was that, you know, punch to the gut, man. But when I was like, Oh, I can't believe I never wanted to miss games. And here I am missing a game right now, you know, yeah. as a, as a dad, when you're writing this book, what was those, what were those wins and maybe unnoticed moments that you started to see in your own life? Uh, for me, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, some of the moments that I would see that, those small unnoticed moments. One would be, you know, picking up my daughter from, from, from daycare, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other one is going to be, you know, today just going to surprise my daughter, right? And, and pick her up from parent, pick up from school, right? And, and so she's expecting to go to this after school program, right? And, you know, so I'll get to go pick her up from school. And, and you know, those, those are kind of those moments. Mm. Um, yeah being able to, you know, to, to coach my daughter's basketball team, right. Or, um, being able to, to show up and, and, and go to those games, um, mm -hmm. travel. Right. And so, um, there's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, and again, it's, um, um yeah, I, 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 there's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, this might be a simple answer, but what's the best way for dads to connect with kids? be there be there i love it man that's what i was thinking but i wanted to make sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's it right i mean yeah. I think a lot of times because of, of the you know the court system right and, and whatever system's in place right yep um you know i think dads can oftentimes feel slighted or, or underrepresented in, in, in family courts right? in terms of when we make decisions about where the kids stay you know dads tend to, 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 um, to not necessarily get the representation that they, they deserve Sure, uh, in a lot of cases. And so because of that, I often see in the work that I do as well is that you, you get a lot of dads who love animosity towards the system, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then that can turn into animosity towards the other parent, right? right? And then what you have happen is because of those feelings and they're pretty intense is that they, they tend to not want to engage them with their kids. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because they're just angry, right? And, and they're, you know, and so trying to work with dads and recognize, hey, you know, despite all of those things, right? Things that we can and cannot change, right? What are the things that you can change, right? Well, you can, you can change directly being, deciding how much you're there for your kids and in what capacity you're there for your kids. Yeah. Right? Oh, so good, man. My, so good, dude. I love those moments, man. And, and I, it's so true, man, just being there and being present and putting that phone away. And there's times where I'm like, 
you know, I say, Hey, at five o'clock, it's time to shut everything off. And then I'll catch myself with my phone. Like, dang it, put that away. Right. Like those moments. I love that dude. It's so awesome to have you on my show. Where can folks follow and connect with you? And I'll put a link in the, the description of the show as well. So folks can go and buy that book from you. What's the best place for folks to follow and connect with you on? Um, well, they can jump on to uh, my, my Facebook page. Um, I'm in a process of trying to catch up with the times. Okay. Uh, so, so I do have a, a marketing um, um, wonderful lady, Amanda McKinnon, who you know is kind of in charge of. I, I kind of put her in charge of like all media stuff, right? Cool. Like, okay. But I, I do have a, um, a Facebook page. I do have a website, you know, fourelementstherapy.com. Um, they can check me out on, on the Facebook page. Um, I'm in the process of, I think, developing an Instagram kind of okay. a, a link. But the, the book is solely available on, through Amazon. Nice. So, yeah. Very cool. Now, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, last question, because I noticed on your website that you said you love music. I'm a big music guy. So what's that favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? I'm, I'm really all over the place. Okay. Know? As I've gotten older, you know, it's, it's kind of grown. You know, it used to be just kind of hip hop and R&B. But yeah. you know, I, I grew up in, in the Midwest. And so there's a lot of, a lot of country going on. And so okay. I listen to country. Um, you used to just despise all 80s music as I've gotten older. I, I kind of find myself listening to 80s music more. And yeah. So I'm all over. I still listen to the hip hop. I still listen to R&B. Um, but it really kind of just depends upon kind of what mood I'm in. Right. You know? But I mean, I'll, I'll, I listen to a lot of things. For sure. Right on. Right. I'm, I'm more of a rocker guy, but I found myself like in the last week listening to like Tupac and Biggie and you know all those guys in that era and I was like man this was so good no one puts music out like this anymore you know yeah yeah it's it's it really kind of puts in perspective when your parents used to say hey man you guys think this is music man this is this is music right totally you're like what (laughs) oh man Lamar it's such an honor to have you on my show man this will be so impactful for people and just so appreciate coming on man truly honored to have you on thank you so much for your time Hey, man, I, again, I appreciate you having me on and appreciate your, your platform as well. So thank you. And what's going Absolutely. on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericallenmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.